1: Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 389 with Beth Benatti kennedy If you are thinking your career could use a bit of a recharge this new year, Beth is sharing some key ways to make that happen. So you'll learn one, the five focus areas for recharging your career, two, how to use a purpose mind map, and three, a more exciting way to introduce yourself. You can find the show notes, transcript and links to items that we've referenced over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F389. And if you're visiting awesomeatyourjob.com, I'd encourage you to check out the new drop down right next to the podcast label on the navigation bar. Which gives you access to the favorite episodes based on listener engagement and downloads. You can check those out. They're also labeled A, B, C, D, E, F in between episodes zero and one, right at the bottom of your feed. You can also find every episode tagged by the conference he covered and the topic to find the best thing you need right away. And if you subscribe to the Gold Nuggets for the summary wisdom, we've got those all indexed onto a single page so you can find your summary Gold Nuggets all the faster. Cool new stuff and also at com in the podcast dropdown. Now here's Beth Scoop. Beth Bonatti kennedy MS, LMFT, brings more than 20 years of experience to her role as a leadership and executive coach, resiliency training expert, and speaker. With an extensive background in career development, she coaches high potential individuals on how to use their influence strategically, collaborate effectively, and focus on innovation. Her clients include Gillette, Nike, Converse, and many others. Her new book, Career Recharge, 5 Strategies to Boost re- Resilience and Beat Burnout, was published in October. Big thanks to Beth for sharing her wisdom with us. And big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free Here is Beth. Beth, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Well, I'm excited to hear your story, and I want to start when you were eight years old, working at the family moving company. Were, were you hauling some furniture? What were you doing at eight years old there?
2: So I was one of these kids growing up. My dad came from an entrepreneur family, Steinway Movers. So as a little girl, I would always, I was always very interested in, like, whenever the truck would come to our house and asking him a lot of questions and what are you doing Saturday morning? Cause he was definitely a workaholic. And so I used to get to on Saturdays, go to some of his big jobs. And he used to, it's in New York. So he used to move really big companies. One of them is Pan American Airlines when they used to be around, um, which was one of my favorites. And I used to go with him and he would always bring breakfast for all the workers. So they would get these fresh New York rolls and soft butter and I would be in charge of making sure they were like cut in half because he didn't want the guys being messy when they're touching the equipment, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Oh, that is attention to detail.
2: Yeah. No and crumbs
1: I... on the client's goods.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, his his trucks were so clean you could like have a picnic on the floor. He is the word passion till he's passed away, but was the word passion a hundred percent plus 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 for his career. So anyway, I got to see. The, that was my job. So I would go around, make sure everyone, if they needed coffee, would have their coffee and get their rolls. But I got to do a lot of observing and I got to see some, a big piece of my model, the Bonatti resiliency model is connection. And a lot of that came from him because he had this gift of connecting with everyone, whether it was the gentleman driving the elevator or whether it was a person in the hallway cleaning the garbages. He connected with everyone, didn't matter what level you were. And I think that was a big, huge part of the success of his business.
1: Absolutely. Well, just taking the time to provide the rolls and the coffee is, is pretty cool. At, at the times that we've had movers, just like, you know, two or three people showed up and <laughs> think, okay, I guess it's on. Yep. So yeah, a little extra and these were touch. Like
2: giant, giant moves where they had just like five trucks and lots of men, you know, lots of different directions. So it was super exciting for me.
1: Beautiful. Well, so I want to hear a little bit about this, this model and, and your book, A Career Recharge. What's sort of the main thesis here?
2: So I've been a leadership coach for 20 something years, and I started off as a career coach for the first 10 years. And one of the things that I learned, you know, being mostly doing corporate work was that people could, they so wanted to move on with their career or do something different but what I found was many people were just completely exhausted or burnt out or bored. And I had to recharge them so that they had the enthusiasm and the energy to really make that career change. Mm. So it's a model that has developed over the years. And that's where the book came out. It was actually about four years ago. I had a few clients that said, you have to share this. So I hesitated because it's really hard being self-employed writing a book. <laughs> yeah. So I hesitated the first year and then the second year, I really got involved in a very committed program and it was so exciting to share my clients' stories who really, you know, were even fine with me using their name because they really wanted to share the success of the model.
1: Well, that's cool. Well, could you give us a success story right now?
2: Sure, sure. So one of my favorites is a gentleman named Elliot, who was an engineer and I coached him many, many years ago. And he was actually designed razor blades. So I was in this company in Boston, coaching a lot of employees there. And again, a lot of my internal coaching was just helping them be more successful in their job. So at the time, he really liked what he was doing. It was exciting, cutting edge company. They get bought by another company and he gets moved to another department. And at that point, I actually am not coaching him anymore And I get a call from him. He was in this new position for about two years and just miserable, not using his strengths. And he says to me, I need to meet with you again. I need to start up coaching again. So we start up coaching and I realized he is completely burnt out. So it was amazing for me to see this gentleman who used to be so like one of the top in in the company as it's uh, called a modeling simulation engineer. So he could actually design the razor blades Seeing someone who used to be so phenomenal, just completely affect flat and just exhausted. And basically, he really wanted to start the whole process. So it begins by there's five areas. The first one is we I zero in on their well-being, taking a look at physically, emotionally, you know, what's going on, and then starting to offer some having them actually figure out some good strategies that will work for them. Then we go into self-awareness, which is, you know, really getting clear on what their purpose is. How is their mindset? Because we all know if you have that awful mindset, it's not going to really help you if you're trying to do a career change. And then one of my expertise is personality type. So really looking at how is your type showing up and do you need to do any tweaking? So we started with those two areas. And one of the things we found when we did his purpose was he was really ready for a change, but it was, it's scary. You know, he wasn't even 50 and he's like, am I crazy to leave the golden handcuffs? So with my support and with working through the rest of the model, getting which the the next piece is brand. So we figured out when when he did my brand exercises that he could take this amazing skill set he has and market it as a consultant. Mm -hmm. So the exciting part of the story is he did leave this Fortune 100 company and now has his own consulting business. And he's actually one of the organizations that he consults for is the U.S. Olympic Skating Committee.
1: He used oh, his clever. Uh-huh. He used his
2: passion of ice skating to now he, can, he was actually able to predict what pairs in the Olympics, what country was going to have a better chance of winning from analyzing their strokes on the ice.
1: Huh. Yeah. And so once you know who has a better chance of winning, what do you do with that?
2: So- Basically, what the U.S. Olympic Skating Committee is doing with his kind of research is to be able to say, OK, let's figure out who are the skaters we really you know, want to work on for next year. What are the things? Why is this particular country doing so well? Oh, we need to, you know, the ice skaters need to work on this to really make it to that first or second or third place.
1: You know, it's so fascinating when you said ice skating, I was like, okay, I can see the carryover, like the blade going to the skates, but no, he went in a totally different direction.
2: He went a totally, (laughs) and his doctorate degree was in this, this, uh, and now it's a big thing, this modeling simulation, I guess, like baseball players. um, He could actually, if he wanted to work for like a professional football team or professional baseball team where they do this modeling simulation and they can predict, okay, you're holding the bat this way. This, you know, this is what will happen. So wow. it was really exciting because, you know, till this, I still coach him and he weekly goes through the five areas. The two areas that I didn't get to talk about, the, the fourth one is called connection. And that's where I have all my clients every week really take a look at, are you proactively connecting with people that nourish you, excite you, enrich you? And this was a huge piece of him being able to make this transition to a whole new career field. He just surrounded himself. I call it who's in your boat, getting really great people to support you. And one of them was back to working with a coach because sometimes you can't do a huge, that is such a huge change he made. You just can't do it by yourself, even with the most supportive partner. And then the the fifth one is innovation. And that's when you challenge yourself to kind of really just learn and do different things. And this is the innovation for him was he actually had to go back to, Northeastern University and take some more courses on some of this technical modeling stuff I couldn't even explain to you because I don't even understand it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's intriguing. So it's called the resiliency model, but it seems like it's, it's bigger than just being able to, to weather the, the difficulties that come your way.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my definition of resiliency is a little bit different. I think a lot of people think of resiliency as just bouncing back. I really see resiliency also as being proactive in your career, Mm -hmm. because I think a big issue right now is people, we get kind of set in our ways and we forget that we can't just start working on career development. Once we hate our job, we have to proactively be doing things for our career on a weekly basis, even little tiny
1: things. Well, I'd love to hear what are some of those little tiny things that uh, make a, a real big difference?
2: So. And and basically what I've done in my book, I have these little boosters at the end of every chapter. So I'll just share some of the, some of them from like brand. So brand, when I think about brand, my definition of brand is what are your strengths? What are your attributes? What do you bring to that, you know, that position or that company? Um, what's the impact you're making and what's your reputation? So a little tiny thing you could do, you know, on once a week is spend five minutes on LinkedIn and, you know, take a look at your profile. You know, how it, when's the last time you updated your profile? What about connecting? Is there someone you just had a meeting with two days ago? Did you connect with them? Because I think what happens again, LinkedIn for some many people, they think that's a job searching tool and it's really a proactive career development tool. It's one of the, a great way to kind of stay up to date in your career. So that's like a little example of a tip.
1: Okay, well, well I'd love to hear a few more of these. Okay. You know, why don't we start in, in the realm of of well-being? What are some of the things that make a world of difference?
2: I'll share a few for each for each booster. So the first for well-being, one of them is how important it is to make sure you're not doing everything yourself. So having the gift of time. And another one is thinking about you know, with all the stress going on at work, what are the things you can control and what are the things you can't control? And making sure you focus on focusing on things that you can control because it's so easy to get stressed out by everything.
1: Mm-hmm. And when it comes to not doing everything yourself, you know, what are some of the the top things that, that people find that, hey, sure enough, I can get some help with this or I can outsource this or automate this.
2: So you're going to crack up, but I would say probably once a month, I will say to someone, have you ever considered getting your apartment or your house cleaned. Now, these are people with big jobs, like this audience that's listening. And they'll say, oh no, I just can't do it. And then I'll say, okay, just try it for three months. And they'll say, that was the best thing. Even if they have someone come every, like once every three weeks, they fit it into their budget. They're like, that is the best thing I've ever done. Because now they have more time and energy to do the things that they need to do for their well-being, like get to the gym for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or go for a walk. So that's, believe it or not, that's a big one that people really like.
1: Well, you know, I like that a lot. And, and what, what's, what's cool there is that doesn't just mean that you're, you're cranking out another hour of work, but rather that is sort of precious home time. I guess the, the time you're spending cleaning is sort of a, a privileged category of time because you're outside right. of work and you're not doing sort of immediate family responsibilities, because in a way, cleaning isn't super urgent. You know, I mean, we got a little bit of leeway with it. And So when when you get to it, you know, it's kind of coming at the expense of of maybe any number of rejuvenating things from seeing a friend or uh, going for a a walk or exercise or massage or whatever that might be for a boost.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then in the area of self-awareness for self-awareness, the kind of the vibe words I call them are knowing your purpose, getting aware of your mindset, like I mentioned, your type. So some of the boosters that I have for that is I have my clients really think about what are their values and are they living them personally and professionally. So sometimes individuals will say, you know what, I cannot get my values in my job or my career. It's just, this is, you know, I went to school to become a lawyer and I'm in a really tough practice, and I'm not living my values. So then I will say, okay, let's figure out a way that you can get them personally. So maybe you want to get involved in a nonprofit, or maybe you want to get involved in another volunteer organization. And it's amazing how that's instant recharge for your career when you can get your values at somewhere in your life.
1: And can you give us some examples of values that folks often come up with? that really resonate and, and are meaningful to them and yet also are, are frequently not being met in the workplace.
2: Sure. So it's interesting because I just did this this morning with someone. I just just um, some of her values were family, friends, innovation, learning, uh, making a difference. She had problem solving. She had career satisfaction. She had financial security. So those are values that are really really important to her and she was presently working at a consulting a really really competitive consulting company. And through our work now she has decided that she's actually going back to nursing school. So part of the reason she's making this change is to get more of these values in her career. But when she was working at the consulting firm I was sharing with her, you know, there's ways like you know like the one making a difference Maybe it's that, it's that one person, that junior person in your organization that you can mentor. So that's a great way to make a difference, even if you're in a competitive environment.
1: And I guess when we talk about values, I mean, there's, there's a number of ways we could define them. I'd love to get your sense for, how do you know you, you've really hit upon one that's like, yep, ding, 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 that, that's a big one. You know, that is, that is resonantly important because as you brainstormed or shared those, those lists, there, I guess I, I might be able to generate dozens and upon dozens of, of such things that uh, would be meaningful. And and I guess it, it's kind of tricky with regard to you know time, money, attention, energy, prioritizing, and and zeroing in on on the biggies.
2: Yeah. So I, that's such a good question. I always, I actually, when I teach, I have a, a full day class that corporate class that goes with the book. And when I do the class, I actually have cards, value cards, and. I let them select eight cards and they often say, oh my gosh, I want to have like 20. So what I say to them is, if you thought of your life like a compass and these cards were going to direct your life and your career in a certain way, which of the cards or which of the values are like your compass? How do you want them? And that really helps people because you're right. You could, you could say, oh my gosh, all of these, you know, all of these are important to me. But if you only could have eight, which which are the ones that are really calling to you? And this is something else that I also have to clarify is that sometimes people will say, is it work or is it life?" And it's an overlap. I, I think that any coach that says your values do not hit on both, it's incorrect. You're really, our values are shaping our entire life. And so we have to look at career slash life when we're thinking about our values.
1: Hmm. Well, so I'm curious. So they chose eight. I mean, how many? How big is the deck of cards they choose? Believe out
2: it or not, it's so funny. I, I I had to just order a ton, a ton more of them. And um, there's like 52 cards. Okay. I mean, it's huge, yeah,
1: just like a, a deck of cards. And wait. Yeah. So you say you ordered them? Is this from a, a product one can purchase, or how do you get? Yes. Them?
2: Yes. And I have. I'll, I'm just grabbing it because I have a few different. I I've been reviewing a bunch of different vendors. Dick Nodell is the, is the vendor that makes these K N O W D E L L. And they're called the Nodell card sort career values. And they're really designed, you know, they're designed for career coaches, but I find people like them so much. I often, I give them away at my classes because they're like, Oh, I want to do this when I got home with my partner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is cool. And and, and I'm curious in terms of like the hard thinking in terms of, which eight gets selected, you know, I'm sure you've seen this process many times. What are some of the thought processes that they use? Like like when they choose one over another, like what sorts of things do you hear? It's like, well, I've got, I don't know, just say adventure and I've got problem solving. Well, you know, how how do they get there? It's funny too, because
2: people will often say to me, oh, I have to be practical. And I'm like, no, this is your time. This this class is called career re- charge so this is a time for you to recharge your life and your career you don't have to be practical what are the eight cards that you what are the eight values that you really want to have so it's it's really funny it's almost like people especially in corporate america really need permission to say ooh so i can say i was just trying to think of one there's one that often people say ooh i can select this one it's like yeah this is your life that's you know it's like i've i decided 27 years ago to be self-employed. That's a strong value for me. What are the values that, that are calling to you? And sometimes, some, and then this is, a, this is an important piece of the exercise is then I have the individuals look at those eight cards and put a plus sign if they have it and put a negative sign if they don't have it in their career or their life. And then, I, then if, if I have a class of say 30 people, I'll say, okay, who has more than five negative signs? And sometimes it's one third the class. Yeah. So how can we recharge? You know, how can people really, really be engaged in their work and really do their best if there's lots of research that shows people that are following their purpose are happier and healthier and more engaged at work?
1: And then when you say purpose, are are those sort of what's the relationship between purpose and values here? Is the purpose consisting of values? or Are you thinking of these separately? So
2: so what I I've designed an exercise, I call it the purpose mind map. And, and it, uh, this also helps people with their branding. So what I have individuals do is the first step is figure out what your, what your values are. Then when I think about purpose, what I want people to think about is what is the contribution you want to make in your career? So what's the difference you want to make in the world? So sometimes it could be, let's just say you're an accountant that my purpose is I want to work at this top accounting firm in New York city. And I want to be a partner partner in 10 years. So for that person, that's their purpose. But for someone else, it might be totally different. It might be, I did a lot of consulting for Bright Horizons, which is a daycare company. For for those individuals, a lot of times their purpose is, I just want to, I want to have an organization that makes the best difference for children and for their providers. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so interesting when you think about purpose, it's really it, go, it goes back to, again, that legacy question. What's the, what's the difference, you know, when you retire someday, what's that difference you want to make? And it's, it's, it's a little bit messy because it's not, you know, it's not like, you, it's not like a math equation where someone can have an easy answer. It's something you really have to do all these little steps.
1: Indeed, and I want to get your take on, when someone says this is their purpose, I think about the accounting firm example. Yeah. How do you know that it's, it's the real deal as opposed to, no, 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 no think harder.
2: That is a, you know what, that's a great question. One of the, if that actually, a, a, some, something that I will ask that person is, what's the impact you're making, or what's the impact you want to make, and what's the reputation you want to have? Okay. So one of the things that happened to me was my first career, I was a school counselor in the Boston Public Schools, and at that and our purpose has changed. So at that point, I was, you know, right out of graduate school and I wanted to just change the world. That was my purpose. I wanted to go in there and I wanted to get these kids, you know, going to college. But after seven or eight years, it was like hitting my wall against a brick because I couldn't get any impact. I was running programs for parents, no one was showing up. And it led me to get burned out because I had this purpose, but I couldn't make the impact. And then I was really fortunate. I, I uh, again, I write about this in the book, the connection piece of my model. I, w- in graduate school, I was sitting next to the training manager of the Gillette company who gave me a little opportunity to do a little gig at the Gillette company and do some career counseling. And all of a sudden the light bulb went off and I was like, wow, I want to make a difference in people's lives. It's not working in, this, in the schools right now because of, you know, this is 27 years ago. I could probably make it in organizations, helping people figure out, you know, what making them more satisfied in their careers. And I didn't even know what outplacement was then, but I was lucky enough to find a graduate degree program in human resource counseling. And that was where I got trained as a career counselor. And it was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want to be doing.
1: That's a really great distinction there because you got the you got the purpose and you got the impact. And, and so, cause some people, they might say, well, well, shucks, this is, This is what I've always wanted to do and I'm doing it. So, you know, what's, what's the missing link? It's like, oh, well, it's, it's not going anywhere. And this kind of reminds me of, you know, Stephen Covey with begin with the end in mind and thinking about your, your funeral and and what you'd like people to say about you. And that kind of hits it there in terms of the contribution and the impact and, and and what you're about and what you're like. And, And that's good stuff.
2: And I'm not sure if you're familiar with, you probably are, Dan Buettner. He has a study. It's called Blue Zones.
1: About the people who live longer?
2: Yes. Yes. So, you know, his, that study is just fascinating because he, you know, it it consisted of 73,000 Japanese men and women. And this was in 2009. And what he found was the individuals that had a strong connection to purpose, and I, I think the word is hysterical because I always, I always have to catch myself if I'm saying it right. But it's, it's I K I G A I, Ikigai, and what he found was those individuals with the, with a sense of purpose live longer. So, and then if you look at the other research, that's part of that. He also talks about how important connection is, being with a community. So for some people, their purpose could be. You know, it could be something like, I just, you know, I want to make the world a better place by introducing, like I work with a lot of doctors trying to cure cancer. So that's their big purpose. Even though 80% of cancer molecules don't work, it's still for them so exciting because they are every day trying to make an impact on their purpose if that makes sense.
1: Well, that's good. Well, I, I want to make sure we get to touch on the mindset a bit. So what are the the habits of thinking that are really helpful and and not so helpful?
2: So for the boosters for mindset, one of the, what most people find most helpful is paying attention in the morning and giving themselves a daily intention. So for example, it might be like with this crazy... You know, when things are crazy with uh, holidays or with it being a new year, it might be, I'm going to start my morning off and say, relaxed and focused. And they, they give themselves that morning intention. Some of my executives that get really anxious, they give themselves the intention in the morning of calm and confident. So mindset, some of that's probably the number one booster is, is giving that morning intention. And then you can do it throughout the day. The other booster that people find helpful is what I call the pause breath. And sometimes when you're just having one of those days where it just feels like everything is going wrong, everything you touch, um, you just feel this, you could feel the stress through your body. I recommend just take two seconds, do a nice inhale, do a nice exhale. I call it the pause breath. Do that even before you send a charged email because that's the other thing that starts to happen with mindset is you know, you know the negatives start outweighing the positives and all of a sudden we're emailing someone and we're saying, oh my gosh, what are we doing? So um, Carol Dweck, you know, has out her book, Growth Mindset, and she really talks about how important it is to really, we, you know, in today's day and age, we have to be so adaptable to change. So, and what her research shows is the more we're open to being adaptable, having what she calls this growth mindset, you know, we have greater success at work, greater productivity, greater impact, you know, for if we're a manager. And I can notice, it's interesting when I interview a client before they start coaching with me, I can tell sometimes they're just, they're, they've had so many negative things happen that they're just like, they're, they're just done. And sometimes that can, be, that can be the beginning of burnout. That mindset just gets really negative. And it's not that we can't have negative feelings, but it's kind of that 80-20 rule when 80% of your day is just awful then you really have to worry about it but you're going to have you know we all we're, we all have a monday or a day where you just it's just a horrible meeting or a challenge
1: understood well tell me beth anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things
2: let me see so did you want to hear the i think i did the brand boosters but just just to emphasize another one that people like is that when you think about branding like when you're at a networking event and i know people don't really like the word networking i talk about that in my book to call it connection and think about building relationships so when you meet someone instead of me just saying oh i'm beth kennedy i'm a leadership coach think about you know think about how can you tell a little bit of your story so i might say hi i'm beth i'm a coach but i really focus on resiliency and preventing burnout in employees and organizations That's my passion. I also really encourage people to figure out what they can do so that they're more motivated, excited, and driven in their career. So isn't that a lot more exciting than saying, hi, I'm Beth and I'm a leadership coach? Well,
1: yeah, and it sort of lets the conversation go into some interesting places. Like, oh man, I remember when I was burnt out a few years ago, I could have used you. I was, you know, and then, and there you go. You're somewhere as opposed to, oh, you're a leadership coach. Okay, cool. Well, I am an accountant, you know, and it's sort of- it's it's less of a connecting conversation.
2: It, and, and I think for, you know, sometimes attorneys will say to me or engineers will say, oh my God, what am I going to, you know, I, there's just no way to say that. There's always a little tiny story you can share, even if you say something about your organization. So I'm an engineer at this company and one of our specialties is this, just to add a little
1: bit to it. Oh Yeah, well, I think engineers often are, are have some fascinating things to, to say. To, like all sorts of engineers, like, oh yeah I, I work on manufacturing equipment for a skittles plant like okay. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all ears let's talk about skittles or uh, even if it seems maybe less interesting like you know logistics like moving stuff around i i get I can get fascinated by that it's like man that's a lot of stuff you move around how do you do that I, I find it challenging just to answer all the questions FedEx asks for me before I send out a package
2: Right. exactly so so it's so nice to hear you say that because i I think most I think the clients that have the most difficult time with that are scientists, engineers, and attorneys, because they're that's that's what they say they are, and it's like just bring a little bit of that story in, into it. Oh, attorneys uh,
1: and, have such good stories. So someone's getting sued for something, you know, whether it's criminal or or civil. It's I think it's it's really juicy.
2: Yeah, and even and even if you're you know even if you're a corporate attorney, to again, it, some people think, oh, that's just so boring. Well, no, it's not. There's there's something about that organization that will just make people learn a little bit more about you. So that's just an example of of another brand booster.
1: Okay. Well, now could you share with us a favorite quote, something you find inspiring?
2: Sure. It's so interesting because I I love quotes, but I think one of my favorite one is by Thoreau, and it's "Go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you've imagined." Right on. I just think that, um, gosh, our you know, with life being short, that and I love that it ends with live the life you've imagined, because whatever some of those dreams are, whether it's career or travel or whatever it is to just keep plugging along. And I feel like, too, that's to me what resiliency is about, is about moving forward, even when you when, you know what, for some, like I share in the book, many years ago, I applied for a doctorate psychology program, and I didn't get in, I thought my world was over. And then now I have this career that I couldn't imagine doing anything better. I couldn't imagine sitting in an office every day, listening to people's problems. So it's, I just think that we just want to, you know, we have these little challenges come, but it's somewhere there's a spark of like wonderful thing that's going to keep coming.
1: Mm -hmm. And how about a favorite study or experiment or a bit of research?
2: It's interesting because one of my favorite research studies is, and I don't know if you've heard of him. um, His name is George Vallant. Oh, yeah. And what he shares, um, he was a Harvard psychiatrist, and he did the Harvard grant study from 1972 to 2004. And he found strong relationships to be the strongest predictor of life and career satisfaction. So what was interesting is his research showed that feeling connected to one's work was far more important than making money or achieving traditional success. So I have seen that a lot in, you know, doing 25 years of coaching is that when people feel really connected to their work, they are just, you can just see this level of energy and happiness. Sometimes I'll meet with people that are making incredible amounts of money and I'll say to them, what is your career satisfaction? And they'll out of a 10 and they'll say a two. And I'll say, what is their, your life satisfaction out of a 10? And they'll say like a four. And the other thing that happens when, and there's lots of research that's been going on about this is as we connect with others, we get the, you know, a lot of, they call them the feel good chemicals. So the, the dopamine and oxytocin. And that's the other reason why connection is so important, cultivating relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. And how about a favorite book?
2: You know what? I was so happy to hear your quote because my favorite book is seven habits of being highly effective by Stephen Covey. I have to say, I quote him every time I train a class, I'm always bringing something in from his class. It's like one of those oldies, but goodies.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I thought you were going to say more. Perfect. Yeah. It's a good one. And how about a favorite tool?
2: It's interesting. Uh, My favorite tool, I would say is a meditation app, which is called calm.com. And as part of my career recharge class, I piloted five different meditation apps myself. And then I had about 30 clients just tried different ones and I learned with meditation apps it's so interesting people it depends on the person's voice one of the things I love about calm is it's 10 minutes long which is perfect amount of time for me some of my other clients like headspace um, i there's you know there's so many out there right now 10% happier but for me i that's probably that is something i use 5 or 6 days a week
1: mm-hmm And how about a favorite habit?
2: My favorite habit is what's part of actually my resiliency model. It's called the Friday Five. And in my phone every Friday, I have a little thing that pops up and it says recharge. And I spend five minutes to think about what I'm going to focus on for the next week. So what is that one thing I'm going to add? Whether it's I need to watch that podcast or whether it's I need to, I don't know, um, call a good friend that I have been out of touch with. And I teach that to all my clients that if you can't find five minutes to nourish your life, then we have to really start to worry. So I call it mm-hmm. my, my Friday five process.
1: And is there a particular nugget you share that really seems to connect and resonate with your clients?
2: I think the nugget that people seem to really like is I have this little saying, I call it spark success. And I, what I mean by that is to start really small to pick something you want to work on and drive it down to the smallest possible doable activity. So for example, a lot of my clients are trying to figure out before the new year begins, okay, how can I regularly exercise? So I'll say to them, okay, what's the smallest thing that you could do? So maybe it's getting off the train and walking to work. So it's really, it's, they really like that idea of, I'm about, like, we're not looking for perfectionism. We're just, what's a small habit that you can start, and then all of a sudden you like it so much, it turns into 15 minutes, 20 minutes going to the gym, doing yoga classes, but starting really small.
1: Lovely. And if folks wanna learn more or get in touch, where would you point them?
2: I would point them to my website, which is bethkennedy.com, and I'm also on Twitter, which is Coach B. Kennedy. And if you're on LinkedIn, again, I you can see I'm a big LinkedIn person. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I have a lot of great stuff going on, and there's been some really awesome posts about some of the exciting things that have been going on with the book.
1: Mm -hmm. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs?
2: I would say the call to action is the importance of connection. So to really think about that, who is that person? Who is the friend or who is the colleague that really supports you and making sure you have time with them together on a regular basis, because, Recharge, it's so, it can be so isolating in today's, you know, everyone's working so hard and it's so important to have people on your boat that nourish you and that aren't toxic. So my call to action is today, think of that person you've been out of touch with and give them a call or set up a time to meet them for a drink or lunch or dinner. And it's just amazing. It's amazing what relationships can do for our career and for our productivity.
1: Beautiful. Well, Beth, thanks so much for for sharing the good stuff and, and good luck with the book and all your adventures.
2: Thank you. Very nice to meet you.
1: I really appreciated Beth's take on giving yourself the gift of time because that can really set up either a vicious cycle or a virtuous cycle. The vicious cycle looks like, oh my gosh, you don't have enough time. You're stressed. You don't feel like you've got the space for creative ideas. And you end up having poor ideas that don't end up working or you make mistakes that require to go back and rework and you find yourself even less time as a result of this. The virtuous cycle looks like, oh, hey, I got some free time and as a result, I'm relaxed. I get in the groove more easily, flow more easily. I get cool creative ideas that could optimize or streamline or make more efficient the things I'm doing. So I've got more time that's freed up and, and so forth. So great idea to make sure you're proactively giving yourself the gift of time. You're not getting sucked into being too busy, which creates all sorts of trouble. So good stuff for Beth. Hope you like that and more. Again, the show notes, the transcripts, the links. That's at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F389. If you haven't already, hope to push subscribe. You'll hear from our next guest. It is Ed Muzio, and he's talking about how iterating helps you innovate all the faster. Hope to catch you there. Peace.
0: Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full-text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered.